Welcome, welcome to episode 24, the asterisk version of episode 24, because if you all know that the last um, podcast, um, I did it like three times, but it didn't save, and it was about a subject um, on talent versus skill, but I did lives all over my social media platforms for that. But this episode today and before i get started i want to say thank you for everybody who takes their time out and views this um like i said i'm not trying to be a media guy i always just use these social media platforms to document my thoughts journal um some of my ideas that's really it not trying to blow up off of it um and i think that's a perfect segue into what i experienced last night in the twitter world um I've had this happen in the Facebook um, group of Titans fans. If you don't know, I'm a Titans um, enthusiast. Um, have formed my life over the past few months to really d- dig deep and be fully committed to being a talent evaluator. Over the past five and six years, I've had a high success rate, hit rate as far as my evaluations. Um, accountability and accuracy is what I'm about. Um, if you didn't know that, I just don't do this for freelance um, in terms of you know, uh, playing games. I'm truly a purist when it comes down to um, evaluation. So last night I made a statement or maybe even that's that's a correction. It wasn't even night. I believe it was afternoon. Um, I made a statement saying that beat writers irk me. Uh, The ones that try to be talent evaluators, um, And then I said, it's easy to regurgitate what has happened, but it's very hard to project what will. And then I ended it with great great contextual um, balance there. I said, we all know that you're not going to take accountability when you're wrong. So this title of this episode is going to be about accountability and... um, really expectation you know in the terms of when i say beat writer so my whole thing of being a purist being a purist and having accountability and expectation when you're a beat writer you cover the team and a lot of times these beat writers when when um their expertise is challenged or if someone comments on their stuff More often than not, consistently, they have a very condescending tone. And every every once in a while, when they have an opportunity to to make themselves look like geniuses, they will acknowledge something that you said that makes sense. But all too often, amongst the beat writers, they only will reply to something that makes them look good dominant or something that they can really pick and dive into and you know these guys for teams they have thousands of followers so they actually have a following they actually have a quote-unquote hive so when they quote something that you've said they're trying to get others to attack you and that's what um this beat writer for the titans did last night um it's a move that everybody uses when they want others to attack you as opposed to themselves. And then if they think uh, or they were triggered or they think that you were trying to say something that you wasn't or trying to make you um, look a certain type of way. 
So my whole thing, though, I'm going to get to the point. Bear with me. My whole thing as a talent evaluator purist is I said when these guys make evaluations on their little reports, because think, beat writers, your job is to cover the team. Your job is to have in-depth knowledge about the team and the, the interactions and the things that you can view and then instead of regurgitate, reprocess the information out to the public. That is your job. Now, I'm not saying that every beat writer cannot successfully talent evaluate. I'm not saying that you can't do it in general. You're a grown man, grown woman. You can do so. But what I have an issue with is you have a responsibility and there should be some type of accountability when you make a projection and say player A is going to be this, this and this. You just wait and see. And then we see that fall. He's a bust. And then you say player B is going to be this, this and this. And then we see that player ends up not reaching that potential. So you're literally putting out information and it's not being accurate. And then you don't even have the accountability for yourself to say, maybe I should stop. No, you keep on going and putting out that putrid product to the people as a purist of a tap as when you're a purist of something, when you really do this, when you're so passionate about it, it can't irk you. And it's my I have 300 and so and so followers and I'm not trying to blow up off of Twitter. That's not my juice. That's not my spiel. That's not what I'm trying to do. So when I make these statements, I'm not, you know, it's not to an audience of thousands, but this person that commented, which is a beat writer, commented, randomly found that comment and commented on it. And he doesn't even follow me, which was even more weird, at least follow me and um, just started you know, voicing off your opinions. It it apparently triggered something within him. Later on, we talked about it and the guy said he, he actually tried to be a scout or wanted to be a scout. But at the end of the day, you're not currently trying to do that. So that's just like, it brought me to the thing of, if you're not going to be accurate and serious about it, then it does irk me. I didn't say retire. I'm not starting a position petition to make all beat writers stop that. But that's like, you know, Derek Jeter would never do this, but that's like Derek Jeter critiquing Kobe Bryant's work, and then Derek Jeter doesn't know what he's talking about as far as basketball goes, but we know that Derek Jeter is a baseball legend, so why don't you just stick to baseball and not try to critique somebody that really does it, that is a a, a, a craftsman within his um, field of expertise, and it's not only that, because you can gracefully be wrong. Um, and there's narratives out there that, you know, for a person to think that, you know, you can get everybody right, you're insane. Well, before I get off on that tangent, I have to complete this thought and say that most of the people, like I've said, they reply in a very condescending tone. So not only are you ha- do you have horrible takes and horrible evaluations, you treat people that have opinions horribly. So that combination doesn't make sense. And especially when it's something that you don't, that's not even part of your job title to talent evaluate. So that's a double whammy for me. And then, like I was about to say, is in, t- in terms of the people say you can never be 100% right. That's where roster engineering go. When I make statements such as no one is better suited to helping lead the Titans to a Super Bowl than myself. When I say that, I'm not just saying simply from a talent evaluation standpoint. 
because so much goes into roster engineering. That's where I separate myself. There's psychology that goes into there. There's empathy. There's um, emotional intelligence. It's uh, pattern recognition. It's chemistry. It's not just seeing a prospect and saying, okay, he's good. He should be drafted. And when I make that statement and others feel all butthurt about it and you're cocky, you're confident, whatever, not this, you don't provide the same type of substance and contextual matter that I do. So when I make those statements, you can say that a person that feels like he's the god of scouting, no, I've put an extreme amount of time into this and the attention to detail that I that I that I uh possess I use it to the utmost degree. And a lot of it is natural. Like a lot of it I don't have to work too hard for, but I don't take for granted. So when when those statements are made, it's coming from a place of mediocrity which is a is what was quoted on this person's page this what this is what sent his hive after me so we're having a conversation between two men right which i never understood why others butt in um like consistently butt in and actually have an opinion and consistently you know try to pick sides or insult one another never got it but we're having the conversation and then out of out of nowhere, all these people start liking the beat writers' comments in in response to me. So I'm like, okay, for the people that's liking so and so's um, response, you guys, that just makes mediocrity even more relatable, and it makes me feel good that you guys aren't of the same ideology as me because I'd rather retire before I echo the sentiments of the um, public or the masses. And to me, that's that makes sense. I never want to be a part of the groupthink culture, the sheep culture, the following culture. So maybe the word mediocrity also triggered this beat writer because mediocrity can be, be de- derogatory. Maybe I should have used a different word such as commonplace, uh, basic might have been a little bit better, but that is true to me. When people agree with you, the more people agree with you, the more you probably should start looking over your shoulder. Because that means that you're becoming the mass. And that's not to um, be uh, critical of the masses, but there's a reason why there's a, they're 1%. There's a reason why there's a separation of wealth. There's a reason why others get to certain places and others don't. And when it comes down to me being a purist, stating opinion, and then someone that is butthurt or triggered... <laughs> excuse me, someone that's butthurt or triggered going out of their way to comment on something because they feel, felt a type of way about my statement on being a, a scouting purist, not liking when beat writers make evaluations, they're giving trash to the public, but they never want to come back and say, oh, I was wrong or because anybody can watch tape and say, oh, this guy's going to be this, but Where's the accountability for being accurate? There's You don't get fired for wrong projections, but you just gave that putrid evaluation to others. But you but your your remedy for it is I'm going to make another report as opposed to maybe I'm not good at it. And and the thing is, is we we're in this uh, armchair quarterback wannabe gen, general managers. There's thousands of them out there. And it's, and it's weird because of, of most entities, whether it's sports um or religion or music in every entity people are kind of allowed to do what they want 
if someone was an up and coming pastor there, I would venture out to say there wouldn't be much friction as as opposed to someone trying to um, become a scout, because when you're trying to become uh, the vocation of religion, people are more supportive. Now, they may try to be more more critical of, you know, your past life if you have a, you know, a edgy past life. But like if you're a rapper, people kind of allow you in that space. They might laugh at you. They might say everybody's trying to be a rapper, but they allow you within that space. But in sports culture, when you try to be a scout or if you try to do some type of evaluation, maybe it's too um, um, crowded. But there's always like this super duper wannabe, um, uh, super negative vibe out there that when when you try to get into the sports field is one of the most um condescending and just disrespectful culture that that I've I've witnessed and um it's it's, it's kind of weird to me and and people don't even give you the benefit of that because in my opinion condemnation before investigation is the height of stupidity so but, but while you condemning me you could easily investigate and see what what the hoopla is about. You could see why I believe. Why does this person believe that he's so good? Maybe I should research it instead of automatically seeing it and assuming I'm a fraud, I'm a quack, I'm whatever, all these adjectives that people want to use. But once you start doing the research that this guy's hit rate is higher than most professionals and the experts that you follow and, and kind of cradle their scrotum about and, and, and excuse my analogy but a lot of these people uh, excuse me again a lot of these people are um glorifying people that that are basically getting their recognition off of their past work but recently they haven't really answered the bell and you know that's something i take pride in as a purist as someone that's passionate Every day in and day out, every draft season, I'm going to try to uh, knock heads off and I'm going to try to to um, in the name of scouting and roster engineering, specifically for the Titans. I'm going to try to do my damnedest to project talent um, because I'm extremely passionate. There's no one out there that I've seen that is is at and it may be to my detriment because a lot of people just randomly it's easy to say to make hundreds list. It's easy to do a top 50 in my opinion. It's easy to do mock drafts and try to guess what other men will, are going to do. With me it's what I would do. You know, and it's specifically towards one team. And towards that one team, I've been highly successful on those allotted picks and can we come to a conclusion that if drafting is just solely about selecting a player with your allotted draft pick, which is calling in to the commission, whatever it is, whatever the process is, sending in a name. If drafting is solely that, then I have outscouted most GMs in the league. And it was brought to my attention that these GMs, they have to fight owners and other people. If you're a general manager and you have to fight someone under you uh, for those for, for your pick, what's the point of being a general manager? You're a figurehead at that point. So you should be able to override even even to a certain degree. I mean, the owner is the owner, but hopefully they give you that type of autonomy to make big boy decisions. Now, when it comes to the Titans, you can say that the way that they operate and the way that they speak 
I think J-Rob is in 100% autonomy of his selections. So that excuse is crazy to me that he has to answer to somebody else. No, when people talk about his picks, such as as recent as Kevin Dodd, he takes he takes um he takes recognition when it goes good. He takes recognition when it goes bad. I mean, that might be his figurehead job, but he speaks of Kevin Dodd as if that was his pick. So I believe that the general manager on most cases have complete autonomy on a team. So that that whole notion that they're fighting other people. I don't care if I'm a general manager, if I've reached this pinnacle of success, no one's overriding my decision. We can collaboratively discuss something, but at the end of the day, it's my pick, period. That's why I'm here. So like I said, um, like I said, accountability is important. Um, and me being a purist, I am more than... Um, qualified i am more than open i'm more than welcome i am more than you know as a privilege of a being a human being having freedom of speech in this country i am i can say that beat writers bother me that don't have accountability that treat people like crap and then and then try to down others that are actually doing it you can't be a beat writer half-assing it and then try to uh, negatively talk about somebody that's really doing it without investigation. It is irresponsible, and you're playing the victim. So that's really all I wanted to say this episode. Um, thanks for tuning in. You guys are awesome. Thanks for tuning in. I get about you know dozens of listens. So um, this is Barnes University Radio. You guys be blessed, and have a great rest of the week.